In 2015, John Tortorella said about the Penguins, quote, Pittsburgh can whine. Pittsburgh whines enough for the whole league, so there's no room for any other team to whine, unquote. That's a direct quote from John Tortorella. In 2012, Tortorella called the Penguins one of the, quote, most arrogant organizations in the league with their two effing stars, unquote. That is, again, a direct quote from John Tortorella about the Pittsburgh Penguins. So F John Tortorella and his hurt feelings. F John Tortorella and his constant disrespect for everything. F their GM. F their pretend team that's never won a playoff series. F their choke artist goalie. And God bless Artemi Panarin, who wants out. And Brandon Saad, who already escaped. I can't wait till Torts gets fired. But for right now, this will have to do. Hey, Torts, guess what? You just made the list! I think it's cute that the Blue Jackets think they matter. Tortorella effed up the U.S. team in the World Cup a couple years back, too. The World Cup of Hockey picked all the wrong guys. Went for a grit team in a speed tournament. Like I said, I can't wait till he gets fired. And I'm convinced he's one of these guys, blah, 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 but has never thrown a punch in his life. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, I want your calls on all the situations we've been talking about, but I got a couple a couple tweets. I asked uh, people to give me a Penguins lineup, who fits where. And here's an example of the crap I get. Jeff tweets, if 81 could switch to left wing, it would be better for a shot, better for our lineup, and he's definitely skilled enough to come out of the zone whichever way. And then Jeff has a whole, you know, list of lines. Okay, Jeff, I'm not going to go over your, your your lineup because the thing with Phil moving to left wing, it's just not going to happen. He's a big-time right winger. He just had a career year, 92 points at right wing. There's already an element of bitchiness about Phil on a good day. Do you really want to exacerbate that by moving him to left wing after he had a career season? People are such twits on Twitter. Just absolutely amazing. Now, here's a tweet that wasn't addressed to me, but I still find it very interesting. Uh, Aja Wilson. I hope that's how you pronounce her name. If I'm wrong, I don't care. But Aja Wilson, she plays in the WNBA. And LeBron James just got a four-year deal worth $154 million. And she tweeted, $154 mil must be nice. We over here looking for a million, but Lord, let me get back in my lane. That's from this WNBA player. So I responded to her, not that she'll even see it or respond back, but I, I tweeted, develop the same kind of fan interest. Sell out games. Have a brand that gets a monster TV contract. Equal pay isn't automatic. You can't be paid what your sport doesn't draw. You're not asking for equality. You're asking for a gift. And that's the truth. Equal pay in, in movies, where women are stars equivalent to men in some cases, 
That I get and I support. Women's tennis, where the women draw as much as the men. In live attendance and TV ratings. If it's not Plum, it's Pertnier. They deserve that money. They deserve equal pay. WNBA players just don't deserve equal pay. They just don't. They don't sell out the buildings. They don't get the TV money. They don't have the brand, and the game isn't as good. I just want to puke, ah, puke like that, puke. When this Aja Wilson and, and, and women like that act like they've been somehow wronged. I mean, the WNBA, you know, is, is basically pimped out by the NBA. Seriously, if it wasn't for the NBA, there would be no WNBA. The NBA wants to keep women's basketball afloat, and I think that's admirable. But the women shouldn't be paid equal. Could you imagine a women's basketball player like uh, Ms. Wilson being paid 154 mil over four seasons, and then the day after she inks the contract, she goes out and plays in front of 1,300 people at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut? Because that's the reality of the WNBA. Unbelievable. And it's even it's even more unbelievable that people take a complaint like that seriously even for a second. You know what? Agent, you're right. Stay in your lane. Because your lane is the lower drawing and thereby by necessity, lower earning lane. Yeah, let's play Agent Wilson like she's LeBron. We'll call her Ms. LeBron. Good God in the goose fat. Let's go to Daryl in Beaver County. Daryl, you're on with Double M. Mark, if uh, Matt Cullen doesn't have enough money, then he might be Jack Johnson's half-brother and got screwed by their parents. Well, maybe. Hey, <laughs> I mean, that's not funny what happened to Jack. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Cully has those three kids, and kids are expensive. Yeah. Hey, get then again, they're not royal blood either. Hey, about Tortorella, I mean, Belichick had a big enough ego that he sat Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl and probably lost because of that. So I don't put it past uh, Tortorella. Yeah, but, you, you, no, that that's actually a real good point, Daryl. But you know how rumors were circulating as to the real reason why Malcolm Butler didn't play, like he got high, missed a curfew, all that stuff? Right, but nothing ever came out, right? But you heard the rumors. Oh, yeah. yeah With Jack rumors. Johnson, at the time, nobody thought he was getting screwed. Nobody thought he was scratched for personal reasons. Nobody thought he should have been in there ahead of Nudavara, which, by the way, sounds like a granola-based yogurt. Uh, Nudavara, you know, it, it, it just, you know, until Jim pulled that out of the clear blue sky. And, you know, I kind of like it because Rutherford got under his skin, but Jim did pull that out the clear blue sky, didn't he, Daryl? A little bit, yeah. I guess it's a little different. Oh, if you pull it out a little bit, you pulled it out a lot. What the hell? I can't wait for this ScarJo movie where she plays Dante Texkill. That's going to be unbelievable. Up next, we got the great Bob Grove. That should be good stuff. What's my next concert? Boy, I have a busy slate at the end of the week. Vince Neil Friday at the Meadows Casino. Blue Oyster Cult Saturday at the Meadows Casino. No Music Sunday, Ted Nugent at Greensburg on Monday. By the way, if you're worried that Ted will be insufferable live because Trump got elected, 
Uh, yes, he is. I've seen it already. Absolutely insufferable. But that's okay because Ted can rock. And then Tuesday back to Cleveland, they offer me for Whitesnake. Again, a third time. Here I go again. So it's been one heck of a musical summer. Although, here's a horror story. I'm very fair-skinned. I'm only a little burnt because I played this where I wasn't in the sun long. My seat in the second row, the sun peeked through at this outdoor amphitheater and, and could have been scorching, but I like kind of, I literally sat down in the second row because you could see sitting down from the second row and the person behind me was standing up and provided perfect shade. She was a big girl, which I respect. Up next, Bob Grove, 105.9. The super genius, Mark Madden. He's a prissy, sissy, dancy boy. No matter who's a goalie, when we have the right defense playing the right way. You're right, they should play without a goalie. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, it's a pleasure to welcome, to discuss the events of the weekend, he is Penguins hockey expert, Bob Grove. Grover, what are the pros and cons of signing Jack Johnson? Uh, the fancy stats don't fancy Jacko, but uh, he certainly passes the eye test, although maybe not that much this past year. Yeah, I mean, he had, a, he had a terrible year, let's face it. He played, you know, his minutes were down, Mark. He didn't play well. The team had a really rough first half, and then he gets, you know, he's a healthy scratch. So you forget he had a pretty good year for the same coach the season before that. And the pluses for me is you're not asking him to do much. You're not asking him to win the Norris Trophy, run your number one power play. He's a 4-5 defenseman. You're paying him an average salary. He's got lots of experience. Let's remember, he was also an alternate captain, so, you know, some people thought uh, a lot of him in Columbus. He's got lots of experience, so I think it's fine. Uh, where do you see him fitting in? Because he could pair with uh, Schultz, and they would balance out the pairs a little bit, or he could pair with Alexiak, and that'd be the bottom pair. What's your call? What do you think they'll do? I think he's right on the border there. I mean, so Matt had a great year, and, you know, you could see him being a second-pairing defenseman. But here's the thing about Matt, for me, Mark, is if he gets playing too many minutes, I think it starts to hurt his game. So, uh, you know, I think he could end up in either one of those places and probably at different times this year would be both a second and a third, depending on what's going on. But for me, a lot of that's going to depend on how many minutes you give Latang. You know, we hear every summer, that Latang's minutes are going to get cut, and guess what? It never, ever happens. So well, I think he needs to play fewer minutes, and how many minutes he plays is not only going to say the most about how the Penguins' defense improves, but it'll also you know, have something to do with the minutes that other guys get trickled down. I'll tell you, if they really are serious about cutting down Latang's minutes, and I hope they are, then I think it's wiser to play Johnson with Schultz and try to balance out the pairing because if you play Mata with Schultz, you know how Sully coaches uh, Grover. He's going to be tempted to go with that top four and, and leave the bottom pair kind of not out of the mix, but you know what I mean, less minutes. Exactly. And that's, that's again, that, for me, that doesn't play well. Schultz is okay with it, but for me, Matt is not. And if you start playing Matt at 20, 21, 22 minutes a night, I just don't think that's a recipe for success. So I agree with that piece of it. Uh, what do you see as Johnson's strengths and weaknesses? He, he He's usually good on the breakout, not so much last year. He's usually very physical. It seems like last year may have been an anomaly. At least that's what Penguin fans are hoping because he was real good the year before. He was, you know. I mean, it's interesting how when you trot out plus-minus stats for a player with a plus number, everybody jumps all over you about how terrible plus-minus is. But then when Jack Johnson gets signed, all of a sudden, everybody wants to point to his plus-minus for his career. So I'm not sure how that works, but... Hey, look, he's a guy, he's 6'1", he's 225, he's solidly built, he takes 
good care of himself. So he's a good puck mover. He's a decent skater. You know, he doesn't have great speed. And as you say, he's a strong guy, so he'll hit you. He doesn't go out and get you three, four hits a night, but he's good along the wall and good in the corners and all that kind of stuff. He moves the puck. I mean, for me, his issue has been he, there are times when he just seems to lose his focus. and He, he makes plays that just belie his experience level. And he, it's either he's too ambitious and tries something he knows he probably can't pull off. So sometimes it's execution with him. But I've seen him be great against the Penguins, and I've seen him look bad against the Penguins when he's either trying to do a little too much or just kind of lose his focus. But in general, again, as a 4-5 or five guy, I, I think he'll be fine. Grover, were you surprised Matt Cullen uh, signed to come back? One-year deal, and what are the pros and cons there? The price is certainly right, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The price is perfect um, for the Penguins. Uh, this came totally out of left field. I mean, completely. I mean, I think we all understood Matt's reasons why he wanted to go to Minnesota and go home and play, you know, family reasons and all that. So I don't know what happened with all that, that he's coming back to Pittsburgh. But he didn't have a good year. I, I think it's obvious he and Boudreaux didn't get along. His minutes went down. He played a little over two minutes less per game. He got significantly less penalty-killing time. He was kind of infamously a healthy scratch for a game in that season with Boudreaux. So those two weren't on the same page. Um, but he's 42 years old. And I, I know there's a temptation when you bring these guys back. You have this reunion. You think everything works out perfectly. I mean, we'll see. Mark, I don't need to tell you, there are only a handful of players in the history of the NHL who have played at age 42. It's really hard. And we know that Matt Cullen takes good care of himself. So we'll see. You know, the pluses are it gives you that flexibility. I just wonder now, you've got five centermen, so someone's got to play the wing, and I wonder how, you know, who that's going to be and what that means for the other wingers. Well, where do you think those five centers are going to wind up? Because Rutherford talked about moving one to the wing. Who would be the most likely to do that? Well, how about playing Cullen on the wing? He's played there before. I mean, you know, maybe that's the way you shake it out. He plays with Shane on the fourth line. We saw Shane a bit on the wing. I didn't think he looked particularly comfortable. And I I can remember Broussard playing a couple shifts here or there, but he's never played the wing with any regularity. And I don't think there's any indication that, you know, that would work. I mean, you don't know. As you know, Mark, some players can go from center to wing and others can't. Uh, So I think it's a work in progress to figure out where they all go. But, I mean, at his age, it would be a little less skating if you played Colin on the wing. We know he's a smart hockey player, so he could make that adjustment and play there. Um, so it, it does give them a lot of options. But, again, if you start moving guys around, what's that do to Rust? What's that do to Spong? Like, where are those wingers going to play once you start moving a center over there? I think that's the big question I have. Well, yeah, I said that earlier. I said if you move a center to wing, then Rust is either a fourth liner or Spong's in the press box. I'm not sure they want either of those things to happen, which begs my next question. Could we still see another trade made? I mean, what do you think is more likely, Broussard to move to wing or Broussard to get traded? Uh, you don't roll anything out, right? Because the three guys we're talking about, Cullen, uh, Shane, and Broussard, they all have one year on their contract. So you, you, you absolutely couldn't roll anything out. I gotta be honest, it'd be surprising to me if they gave up on Broussard, you know, after this. I mean, I just, I just don't see that happening. Um, and I don't think you can put, you can sign Brian Russell to a $14 million contract and put him on your fourth line. He's not a fourth line player. And neither can you put Sprong. If you, if you think Sprong's ready to contribute, he can't play the fourth line. I mean, he's not going to get the minutes and the opportunity to do what he does best, which is score. So you just have to weigh all of this stuff in together. 
And, again, if I look at it, I, I could say playing Cullen and Shea and on the fourth line together um, might make the most sense. Yeah, and the one thing I like about having the extra center, Grover, is if Sid or Gino would get hurt for a couple weeks, then it wouldn't be a disaster. You just pop Broussard in the top six. Absolutely, and, and we've seen this. If you have to play Shane as a three, you can do it. You might not want him to do it for three months, but he can do it. Colin, we've seen Colin move all up and down the lineup, as I said, play wing, play center. So you, you have that flexibility and uh, to deal with the obvious injury. So that's one piece of it that's good. We're talking to Penguins expert Bob Grove here on 105.9 X. Uh, Grover, what do they still need? It seems to me to be a pretty solid and deep team right now. It is. I don't think they have any glaring needs. Mark, I felt going into the offseason their defense wasn't good enough. So they've upgraded. Now we can argue about the upgrade. I don't think it's dramatic getting Jack Johnson. But for me, Chad Ruedel was just basically okay. He never really made much of a difference in games. He was okay. So he, to me, is a logical seven. And so he had a guy with the experience of Johnson and maybe a clean slate. And he's got some of these money issues maybe a little out of his mind. Now he's got a five-year contract you might get more out of them. So I think they've done something there. I don't, you know, there's a lot of talk about they need goals on the left side, and a lot of that's on Hagelin and Rust. And I think this is a big year for Rust because he's capable, Mark, I think, of putting up better numbers than he's put up. He's got the ability to do that. I think he needs to do it. And, you know, Hagelin, you know, he just doesn't have the hands to finish the chances that he gets. But, you know, this business of playing, you know, Having one great half every season doesn't work for me either. So I don't know that they're going to make another move, to be honest with you. But if, if they were going to make a move to try and add some scoring, maybe that's what they're looking at is moving Hagelin and getting somebody else in. I mean, Skinner's still out there. I don't know if they have a shot. He makes 5.7. I don't know how you feel about him. I like him, but, I mean, I don't know what you have to give up to get him. You mentioned Rust at left wing. I just think he's a lot better at right wing, Grover. How about you? I do, but he but he can play over there. I, I do agree that I think he's better at right wing, but he has. I mean, that's one of the great things you like about Russ. His game doesn't change much, but we've seen him on the first line with uh, Sid, and we've seen him on the third line. I mean, he, he and, and on the second. I mean, he moves up and down the line, up from one side to another. I agree, it's not his best area, but you know, he he, he could play there if you, if you had to have it happen. I don't think they don't really have anybody else to put over there right now. What did you make of what uh, Rutherford and Johnson said? Uh, Johnson saying he was glad to get to a winning environment. Rutherford intimating Tortorella scratched Johnson for a non-hockey reason. What's your take on what they said and then Tortorella's reaction? Well, I'll start with Johnson. I mean, I I heard the comment, and I mean, that's how it comes off. It, it absolutely. I mean, I know. He, obviously, we know he didn't. He says he didn't mean it that way because he, you know, he calls up people in Columbus after it's done. But that's absolutely the way it came off. No question. Um, and, and as far as Rutherford, like I, I don't know. We all know he he's not the typical GM. The way he deals with the media. Um, I don't know why he went there. You know. You know. Like why he said it and just didn't say, you know, look, we don't care about what Columbus thought about Jack Johnson. We like him, and we're glad he's on our team kind of a thing. So he so he went there, <laughs> and he got, you know, a somewhat predictable response from Tortorella, right? But as far as I'm concerned, I don't care how much grief the Penguins throw at Tortorella. After that comment a few years back about the whiners and the arrogance of the organization, I could care less what they say about him. Exactto This is just what, what goes around coming around. And, yeah. and he came off as a maniac, Grover. I mean, even if he was marginally wrong, he dropped seven F-bombs in that tirade and a bunch of other obscenities. He come off as a guy just about to go off the deep end. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the guy who was down in the, in the in the runway trying to fight players. Remember? I mean, so this is this is him. You know, we've heard that he's he's mellowed a bit. You know, recently, and his dealings with the press seem a little bit that way. But it's always hard to compare New York and Columbus, right? It's not the same with the media. So how much he's mellowed, I don't really know. But he's a very emotional guy, and so I wasn't really surprised that he did that. But you know, he's got to be feeling it a little bit right now, Mark. I mean, I think he's done a pretty He's done a decent job in Columbus with the players he's had, and I really felt this past spring they were ready. They were absolutely ready to win a playoff series, and then they go out and get themselves a two nothing lead, and they just absolutely blow it. And you know you got to you still feeling that as far as I'm concerned. He's got Pittsburgh on the brain, obviously. Grover, what did you think were the best and worst free agent signings on the weekend? Because there were some wild prices paid. Well, yeah, as there are most July 1st, right? Um, I thought, uh, well, Tavares is hands down the best signing. I think that's the perfect signing for Toronto. They've got a young, quick team, and they, you know, um, they add that kind of experience and that kind of ability still. You know, he's, he's in the prime of his career right now. Uh, hometown boy, all of that stuff. Good luck with that with the Toronto media. I mean, he's going to be, you know, under the microscope times 10. In Toronto, but I, I think that's really here's what it does, Mark. Is it Austin Matthews now? Think about the matchups he doesn't have to deal with because you got John Tavares as the other centerman there. I mean, it's for me that 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 just elevated Austin Matthews' value. So I, I love that move for Toronto. I thought Van Riemsdyk's salary is the one that jumped out at me a little bit. Ryan McDonough. Watching Ryan McDonough in the playoffs, I think the speed of the game has already bypassed him, and for them to give him that kind of money for that kind of term. Tampa Bay, I was shocked, but the JVR number is way out of bounds. Seven million for him is crazy. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And some of the lesser lights, like what Jay Beagle and Antoine Russell got in Vancouver, was crazy. They won't exactly replace the Sedins, although at that price, maybe they should. But let me play <laughs> devil's advocate with Tavares for just a second, Grover. I think he's an elite player, but they have zero defense. Ron Hainsey's in their top pair. How are they yeah. going to win with that defense? They're not. I mean, and that's a place, you know, I think Freddie Anderson, for me, has answered a lot of questions. I think he wore down. He saw too many shots, which speaks to your point about their defense. They gave up way too many shots, and I thought he wore down as the season went on and into the playoffs, but I like him as a goaltender. And that, that's the big part of their rebuild now they got to get done, is they got to build that defense up. It's not good enough, but uh, they're adding some pieces for sure. Has the balance of power changed in the East at all? After the free agency signings, uh, has Toronto jumped up more than just a little bit? What about Philadelphia? How do you see the East shaking down? Because I think Pittsburgh and Washington are still the two best teams. Well, I would agree. I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. So, yeah, so Philly adds him, and, you know, he's a good player. I like him, just not at that salary. But look at what Washington did. I mean, so they signed Carlson, which they absolutely had to do, or they were in big, big trouble. And then smith Kelly just re-ups. I mean, I, I didn't quite see that coming. I figured Beagle was going to go and they'll miss him. And so losing Grubauer is also going to be a factor. You know, so they're they're going to have to they're in, they're in the same situation the Penguins are in, Mark, the Caps. If they have a big injury to the goaltender, you know, if the Penguins or the Capitals, it's the first week of April or late March and they lose the goaltender for a month or two, they're in trouble. It's all over probably. So 
uh, they've got that piece of it that, you know, the Capitals don't have. But I, I don't, you know, nobody else in the East. I mean, Buffalo's going to be better. The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Big Sexy. Hey, Mark. Love the show, man. You can have the iron sheet, the humble one person. Who would it be? Sally Wiggins, again. The X at 105.9. I'm jealous of the Penguins. When my dad left, he never came back. True, I opened the show with that today and said it on Channel 11 last night and used it on Twitter earlier today, but uh, the audience changes. If it's a good one-liner, you got to use it. Like, John Tortorella has pen's envy. Pen's envy. If you had an eye right where you think it would go, he probably has that too. That was my idea for a sign to try to get in the Jumbotron. Let's go pens with the number one attached. But you put the one of the number one, the numeral one, like kind of between the N and the S, just a little bit above. And well, there you go. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, free agency was just crazy. And I understand what Bob Grove said about Austin Matthews now will get good matchups with Tavares there. Or maybe Tavares will get the good matchup with Matthews there. I think Matthews is a better hockey player right now than, than John Tavares has ever been. So it will create matchup problems, but you still don't win with that defense they're going to have. I think they would have been better served. Seriously. Better served signing two good defensemen with the money they gave Tavares. $11 million a year, get two defensemen at 5.5 each. You've solved your defense problems. And you still have Matthews and Cosry as your number one and two center. And, and by the way, how's Cosry going to cope with being a number three center? It's not exactly something automatic. Broussard didn't handle it terrific, although I think injuries had more to do with that uh, during his brief tenure in Pittsburgh, and especially during last year's playoffs. Uh, but, but getting back to the Leafs, Tavares, 77 mil. Over seven seasons, 11 mil a year. That's great, but he can't play defense. Ron Haynes, he's still their second defenseman, a top pair defenseman. He's almost as old as Matt Cullen. By the way, good point made by Grover about 42 year olds almost never playing in the league. Maybe having Cullen as the spare center, as the guy who plays when somebody's hurt, he skates left wing once in a while. Maybe he shuttles in and out of the lineup at that age. And then if he looks good, he gets a jersey in the playoffs. Maybe that's the right way to handle it and keep all five centers. I certainly don't think you want to play the 42-year-old guy 82 games. I mean, do you? Don't forget, when you're that age, you don't get better. In fact, you invariably get worse every year. Although Cohen last year, 79 games, 11 goals, 11 assists. That's not bad. Guy started in the league in 1997, and he's still playing. Oh, my God. Let's go to Preston in the truck. Preston, you're on with Double M. Sup, Mark? Sup, Preston? I was just thinking about a big trade with Columbus. You get rid of Bastard because we have centers, and Phil Kessel... Yeah, they and just got Broussard from Columbus uh, last year at the trade deadline, and I don't think the general managers 
we'll be real cooperative with each other for the near future after what's happened the last couple of days. But but go ahead, tell me what your trade would be. You don't think they would try and like settle signing with Phil Kessel and Bastard for some like Panarin and Zach Wierenski or something like no, that? No, they would not the do that. Side? No, no, Zach Wierenski is the best player in that deal. He's a 20-year-old defenseman who's been in the league three years. They're not trading him. And from the Pittsburgh point of view, why would you trade the 92-point guy? Because the problems he stirs to get another younger, left-side-playing, good player. Right. I don't know if you heard me say this a moment ago, but Zach Wierenski is a 20-year-old all-star defenseman who's been in the league three years. They're just not trading him. Anything else? What about... What well, no, no, hold it. Who's that talking in the background? Who's feeding you information? That's my boss, but we were talking Put your about boss this. on the phone. Hello. Yeah, why don't you talk instead of whoever that is? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, he wanted to call you. Okay, so why do you have to feed him information? Why can't he function on his own? I, that's just him. He was just looking and at Another me, question. Like, what kind of place do you run anyway? Where the employees and bosses are both tied up and talking to a talk radio host. Where do you work? I'm a landscaper. I'm talking to I'm a grass to... cutter? You're not a landscaper. You're a grass cutter. You cut grass. I do both. No, no, you cut grass. Landscaper is a way to put a presentable tag on somebody who, an adult, an adult who cuts grass for a living. I stopped doing that when I was 14 for money. Yeah, but see, the thing is, I'm not, I don't really have a job. I'm just retired, and I cut people's jobs. How old are you? You're retired. <laughs> I'm 45. What are you retired from at 45? Life. I got a feeling you never really got in the game in the first place. That was weird. Let's go to Ryan in Cannonsburg. Ryan, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, I just want to talk about the Jack Johnson signing. I mean, I think it's great, especially when you see what other defensemen went for. I mean, you look at Cole going for over $4 million a year. I mean, I don't know how you can't like Johnson for just over three. Uh, I just don't get the backlash, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I think it's a bunch of fans who just like being unhappy. I think there's a bunch of Penguin fans who, are, who, who aren't even happy after winning two cups in, in two years, not two and three. I think it's a lot of pirate fans, honestly. I, I think, who wasn't said this? Maybe it was Tim Benz. I think a lot of it is the piratization of Pittsburgh sports fans. The Pirates have been so cheap so long that when you sign a Jack Johnson for $5.25 million, no, $3.25 million, oh, you can't spend that kind of money. Why are you spending that kind of money? You can't spend that kind of money. Because that's how the Pirates have taught their fans to react. Every time a player they could afford go someplace else for money that the Pirates could have afforded, but just didn't want to pay. Yeah, I mean, he passes the eye test. He's got the skill set, the pedigree. I mean, it's, I just don't, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, we might not like it in five years, but there's a lot of contracts on this team that we probably won't like in five years, and this team's going to be in a lot different place in five years. So, Thank you for the call. Uh, Loose Cannon points out on Twitter, by the way, they got Broussard from Ottawa, not Columbus. Okay, the point is, I don't think Kiko Linen and Rutherford will be talking in civil tones anytime soon. 412-333-9939. Oh, I, I, got, I was at five guys in uh, Robinson Township yesterday on my way back from the airport. 
And, you know, in that plaza right there where Five Guys is, they have a Five Guys, a Burgatory, a Panera, a Chinese place, and a Chipotle. So I go into Burgatory, and there's no tables. They tell me to wait. I'm a celebrity. I don't wait. So I just went to Five Guys. I imagine it happens a lot in a plaza like that. When one place is packed, you go to a less packed place because those are all pretty good places. But if there's a kid, listen, he was like a teenage kid. He's a junior A hockey player, plays in the North American League. And he came up and introduced himself to me, asked me a couple hockey questions, got a selfie. Family was real nice, just a nice kid. And I was wondering where he played because I was going to, like, you know, keep tabs on his career. So if the kid from Five Guys is out there, uh, tweet me at Mark Madnex. Nice kid. He was the one. You know what news he broke to me, this kid? That they signed Colin. And I'm like, kid, you're effing with me. Shut up. He goes, nope, they signed Colin. Showed it to me on his phone. Uh, but I I like five guys. I like Burgatory, too. But, like, five guys, boy, you just get you get so much for add his kind of. Well, no, it's not. I mean, compared to Burgatory, it's cheap, right? Let's go to uh, Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, so I understand with the cap going up every year a couple million dollars that every time one of these guys gets paid, it's going to be more than than what Sid and Gino got paid. And those are really team-friendly deals because they produce so much. But if you're a team like Toronto, with what you said, he doesn't play defense, how when all those other guys are going to get paid in the next couple of years, how can you ever get value out of $11 million a year? You you just can't. Well... Yeah, you can, but it's more difficult. I know just what you're saying, but you can't compare what Sid's making to what Tavares is making because they sign contracts at different times, and that's just the nature of a capped league. And it's yeah. an argument against a superstar signing a long-term contract, except that affords security, and Tavares just did it too. When Tavares is at the end of that deal, that deal will be a bargain as well. Maybe. Depends on the next CBA, I suppose. But even like Taves in Chicago, I mean... He's not a goal scorer. I get he's a center and the leadership and blah, 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 blah. But for $10 million a well, year. Well, yeah, but he won championships and got rewarded for that, not necessarily what he accomplished or even can do individually. Right. And, and two, it's just, like you said, the contracts were different points in their careers. And when anyone wants to complain about Sid or Gino, they need to just look at their production over the course of their career and what they're making per year and just say, wow, we got off easy. Good stuff, Virgil. It's not time to ask Mark anything. Oh, Tom Kuhnhock will sign with the Islanders. Oh, good for him. Glad he got a job. Not time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDS. Ask me anything by dialing 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, you struck my last nerve. You say that like you think I would remotely give a dump. But do go on. The X at 105.9. You know what? I forgot. Another uh, food place in that plaza, and it's a small plaza in Robinson, Firehouse Subs, as in, call the firehouse, because she sets my soul on fire. Call the firehouse. Woo-woo. There's a candy store there, too. I didn't go in the candy store. Enough's enough. Time not to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by... Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood in Chomp House, and it's located in the Strip. Be sure to check out Chapino. 
Let's go to uh, Gary. Gary in Uptown. You're on with Double M. Hi, Double M. Um, I wanted to know, what do you think they can get for Derek Broussard exactly? I don't have any ideas. So that's why I was wondering. I don't think you get equal return, but you wouldn't be looking for equal return. I think if you traded him, you'd want to get a uh, a solid third-line level wing, perhaps, and I think you'd want oh. a solid five or six defense. You'd be looking to get depth. And now right. that I say that out loud, maybe they won't trade Broussard because those aren't two things they particularly need if players stay healthy. Let's go to uh, Joel and Jeanette. Joel, ask Mark anything. Hey, hey, Mark. Hey, I just wanted to ask you something, keeping up with Fourth of July tradition. If you had to put a wager down, do you think Andre the Giant could beat Joey Chestnut in a hot dog eating contest? No, because Andre's been dead for years. I mean, if he was alive. Uh, no, because Joey Chestnut, you know, his capacity for eating hot dogs and what I think is just a disgusting display, you know, it's 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 uh, it's not, it doesn't match up with his size, right? Well, Andre the Giant's been known for his drinking and eating and oh, stuff like you that. said I'm hot dog, you said hot dogs. If it was beer drinking, I would take and... Andre over anybody. That leaves the line open four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. I can't believe that, that Brockmire's done. The season of Brockmire's come and gone. It was good, but it, it was, wasn't was as good as the last one, the first one. This was the second year, I think. I can't wait for Better Call Saul. There was a, an, an article today online. They want to get uh, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman in an episode of Better Call Saul, but there are no immediate plans to do that. You know when you do that, when the ratings are slipping a little bit. Then again, I'm not sure they do that show for ratings. I'm not sure what kind of ratings you can get on. What's that on AMC, right? Oh, wait, A&E. Ah, one of those. Let's go to uh, Sherman in South Hill. Sherman, ask Mark anything. Hello, Mark. Um, I'm wondering if um, now that LeBron's in L.A., if you'll ever find a real Vandals member. It was kind of a forgotten story. Right around the NBA Finals last year when somebody supposedly vandaled his uh, L.A. mansion out Vandalized. I believe O.J. Simpson is looking for the real killers and for those who vandalized LeBron's house. Let's go to uh, Dave in the car. Dave, ask Mark anything. Dave, are you there? Dave is not there. You know what i got to find out? If anybody knows this, tweet it right away. Right away. I'm going to see Motley and Blue Oyster Cult at the Meadows Casino. Is that an indoor venue or an outdoor venue? If it's outdoor, is it covered by a roof? Tweet me right effing now at Mark Next. And, and by the way, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad on AMC. Let's go to Dan in Upper St. Clair. Dan, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, uh, I'm not a soccer expert. I don't know nearly as much as you, but I was wondering if you could uh, uh, explain the differences between Latin American versus European football styles. Uh, It depends on the country specifically. Latin America is more free-flowing, unoffensive-oriented. Now, a lot of European teams play that way, too. Like, Spain's very offensive, but you'll see a lot of, European teams park the bus, just play pure defense if they feel they're against a team that has more skill and is better offensively. Whereas even if Brazil played a team that was better offensively, they would never park the bus. South American teams are more beholden 
not to the beauty of the game, maybe the craft and skill of the game. Let's go to Jaden in Tampa. Jaden, ask Mark anything. Jaden, you're on the air. Hey, um, I'm a Lightning fan, and I'm from Tampa, and my dad's a Pittsburgh fan, and um, who should I be? Who old are you? How old are you? Nine. Be a Penguin fan, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Is your dad a Penguin fan? Yep. What about your mom? Uh, my mom's in heaven. Well, that's easy. Be like your dad. Every kid wants to be like his dad. Yeah. Well, then be a Penguin fan. Be like me, buddy. Be a Penguin fan. Thanks for calling. We'll talk to you again, I hope. Okay. Let's go to Larry in the car. Larry, ask Mark anything. All right, Mark, with all these steaks up places, I need to know your top three steak sandwiches in the Berg. Well, usually I order a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. But, uh... I mean, what do you mean, like cheesesteak? Uh, yeah, like the three top three locations. Well, Permanis for I mean, it's it's a Pittsburgh style cheesesteak, but you can't beat Permanis. Permanis is good. Triangle Bar in Swissville is kind of unique. What are they? Oh yeah, but that's a hoagie. That's not a steak sandwich. That's a hoagie. Uh, like I've had the Triangle. Cook? No, when I've eaten Triangle, I've had their Italian sub. Oh, they're delicious, too. I, I, I thought that's that. what they're legendary for, the Triangle. They're Italian sub. The battleship. Yeah, it's exa- send me one over. Triangle, send me one over. I guess we're done. How about Kaylee Cuoco's getting married again? She's super hot. She's wearing out that wedding dress, among other things. Good talk. See you out there. 105.9.